Take your money. Show me. Candy, if you like this. Oh, I have Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Everybody loves Jolly Ranchers. Yes, I'll take some. Help yourself. <laughs> I hope one day Jolly Rancher will be a sponsor of mine. I know. <laughs> I love Jolly Ranchers. Everybody loves Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, I get this reaction a lot. <laughs> Other candy doesn't always move. Oh, what Jolly Ranchers? Let me take. Let me grab it. Take as many as you like. Let me get some for Hussy too. Oh, there you go, there you go. Jackpot. <laughs> well, I'm always thinking about him. No, oh. that's very nice. <laughs> I wonder if he's doing the same. <laughs> well, I bet if you're thinking of him so often, he's thinking of you. Oh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what candy he has for you today. I know. Well. What did Chad do? What did Chad do? Go and talk to Chad. That is Chad Jackson. Again, I look at the Facebook page, no longer apart this morning, and this guy posts another great song. Really, I can't be more thankful to you for sharing, and, you know, other people can also share on the No Longer Apart Facebook page. Share your art, share your music. Hey, I would love to have you on. Chad, I told you, one day I'm gonna get you on, and I find you are not too far away so we'll make that happen. So that's all I can play of his music. Uh, go to the Facebook page to check it out. This is episode six of No Longer Apart. This is your host, Grim Driver. Again, more people than I expected. The weeks kind of start off slow. Monday ain't feeling it, and the people aren't feeling it. Sometimes Tuesdays works, but as the week goes on, little conversations happen here and there. Uh, I've been putting the dates with the files, with the segments, you're listening one week behind. So when I dropped episode five last week, I started recording for episode six this week. So so this is all happening. Um, now on the Facebook page, No Longer Apart, you can also start viewing scheduled live streams. Most of it will be muted so that you can watch, uh, listen, to us on Spotify, No Longer Apart. Uh, check us out. And on Tuesdays, you could watch the live stream of the driving footage of the Model S Tesla being used as rideshare in New York City and everywhere else we might end up. So I would like to thank all my guests this week. You are amazing. People are so generous with their time and their words. I, I didn't expect it to be this much. Uh, again, I had types of conversations like this before the podcast. Uh, no witnesses. Now you're all witnessing it. Um, and, and it's it's coming along just as well. I think there's actually more conversations now than were happening for a while because things are getting more normal-ish. And um, maybe because of the podcast, too. You know, throwing it out there, having it up. The car's decorated towards that. I think people are uh, enjoying that there's an experience if they partake or listen later on or are just sitting here. So, this is a big Memorial Day weekend. If you haven't caught up, there are now going to be six episodes of No Longer Apart. Uh, again, Chad Jackson, thank you very much. You were the first poster and sharer on our page, followed up by being the second too. I soon expect him to also be the third. 
So uh, check out his stuff. It's available online. And uh, become a friend of his so you don't have to wait for it just to drop on my side. Uh, I want to thank Alan Liddell and uh, wish him well on his new podcast, A Day in the Life of Alan Liddell. His 10th episode appearance is coming up quickly. Time is going so fast. Days seem so long, though. Um, I'd like to thank James Rivera, author of To Live a Nightmare, available on Amazon. And, you know, I've gotten a little bit of time this past weekend to actually have a day off of everything. And I got to hang out with... um, all my friends, you know, James Rivera and um, all, the, all the people down at Central Park. And um, it was good just to have a normal conversation with everybody. Because, you know, I'm talking out into the void here and, and you know, trying to get conversations in the car. I, I miss my friends. So the wife and I we went to Central Park this weekend and uh, got to um, have a little normality ourselves. So try and get to do that this weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful. Hopefully, wherever you're at, will be just as nice and uh, get out there experience life don't wait for it it doesn't come well it does come to find you sometimes right life does come to find you sometimes i don't know which way to phrase that none of this is prepared so um i'm not even sure if you'd like are we live streaming right now no no we're not live streaming i'd have this on if we were live streaming oh so if this podcasting your passion no, God no. It is absolutely the most frightening thing I could think of doing. Really? Yeah. That's very interesting. Well, aren't you supposed to do the things that scare you the most? That's true. I mean, that's one of the things with life. It's a very, I don't know, very interesting social Parallel. So you ask people to to uh, be a part of the podcast? Well, I ask people sometimes, or the conversation that we're having is just so amazing. That you just start rolling. <laughs> that I start rolling, and at the end of it, if they want to share it, then we share it. If not, we delete it. That's cool. Because this is not about catching people. No, no, no. It's about just like, hey, if we're having a great conversation, then that's good. You so know, it's so not... what, what inspired you to make an... I guess, tell the stories of people coming together again. Well, that's part of it. It's becoming such that we're not talking to each other. No, of course not. So we're not going to solve anything unless we start talking to each other and start listening to each other. And then I feel like the people just on the street really don't have a voice anymore. You mean as these people on the street or you and I? what, What do you mean by people on the street? Me and you. Okay, yeah. Right? Like, how do you get heard, and how does all the amazing things that you've accomplished and done in your life get to be put out there to inspire everybody else? True. Because the generation that's, you know, the younger generation right now has no one to guide them. (laughs) I mean, I wish that was not true, but as someone that just finished college, I, like, it's it's my first week, you know, it's it's Tuesday, right? It's my first week out of college, and I'm like, um, okay, where where is my schedule? Like, what am I supposed to do now, you know? And it's kind of like, yeah, there's nobody guiding you, you know? 
luckily I had some good professors that are still giving me advice, but beyond that, you're like, okay, uh, like, what's next? You know, like, how does someone make, you know, how does someone, I think, find happiness? It's not just make a living in this very complicated world. Oh, well, those are two very different things. Well, but yeah, sometimes they might be intertwined, you know. You would hope. You would hope. I've been lucky enough that for most of my life, I've only gotten to do things that made me happy and earn a living doing it. That's very nice. It's, it's impossibly difficult and a lot of sacrifices. And then sometimes you just have to do a job to do a job. Of course, of course. So what, what did you study? I went to school to be a filmmaker. Oh my goodness. I, and like many kids that go to film school, I want to be a director, but well, I came to the realization that nobody really hires young directors out of film school, so... Well, do you make film now? Have I made short films? Yes, I have, yes. Just keep doing that. <coughs> That's a plan. <laughs> That's a plan. It's just whether, you know, how can you, I guess, finance those movies? Well, that's... Financing art is always the most it, it, It's a tricky part, because I think... Like, you know, I started making movies when I was 15, now I'm 26. When I was 15, it was just the excitement of getting to play with a camera and, you know, shooting that taxi, and that was amazing, right? But the excitement part, now it's like, okay, I, I just saw this movie in the theater, like, tonight I'm seeing Top Gun, they, they're having early screens, I'm like, oh, that movie's gonna be so cool, but now I'd be, I'd be like, oh man, when can I put a plane, a camera in a plane and have Tom Cruise fly? Of course, that's extreme, but you know, as you grow, you wanna experiment with more ways of the medium, like, how do I move the camera this way? How do I do this? How do I do that? So, you know, unfortunately, that means, how do I pay for all of these things, you know? It, it's not just, let's just point a camera to actors and let them shine. Although, although, Recently, I've been reminded that that's the movies that I've been enjoying more, uh, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I still like superhero movies, but recently those have been very disappointing, to say the least. Even, like, the Disney Plus shows, the movies, everything has been... It's too much now. A third of disappointment in terms of you cannot even see who made this movie, you know, like... Right. So, yeah, there's, there's no stamp on it. Well, there's no director. Like, you know, the newest Doctor Strange is directed by Sam Remy, and Sam Remy is someone that, well, he created the Coming in the Woods. Uh, he, he directed the OG Spider-Mans, but his roots are in horror. Yeah, and Evil Dead. E Evil Dead, that's the one I was thinking about. But now, But you know, think about Evil Dead. Yeah. That was no budget. Yeah. Think about all the greatest movies and directors that you follow now. What were their first works? Yeah, that's true. No yeah. money. Yeah, that's true. You don't need money to create art. Yeah. And if you create amazing art, someone's going to come give you money. That's true. <laughs> that's true. When we were kids, we used to make films called no-budget movies. Yeah. You know how much the budget was? Nothing. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> that was the budget. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it is. Um, but you have, you live in a time of technology that yeah. you have on your phone probably a better camera than anybody's used True. before. True. True. You know, for most of history, True. you have a better camera on your phone. True. 
true, true. So you could right now shoot something to impress somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the most amazing performance I've ever seen was? Lion in Winter. And um, Lawrence Fishburne was in it. Yeah. Okay, so Lawrence Fishburne is an amazing actor, right? Yeah. No, no, no. You have you don't know anything until you see him by himself with no costume on. None of the actors had costumes. In the round, right? Mm-hmm. No props, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just them. And it was the most powerful thing I have ever experienced in my entire life. And they had nothing. Very interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's telling a... A compelling story, right? Uh, like uh, recently, even within my colleagues that are fellow just graduated students, I I had many disagreements over whether you know whether we should where we should push the industry as like the next generation, you know. Uh, Zombie movies are exhausting. They're they're done now. I I think they they can they can also they can be back in the sense of how Romero envisioned them. Yeah, you'd have to go way back. Like, way back to what they were as ambitioned by the creator, George R. Romero. Yeah. I think, uh, or, or play within the genres. Like, uh, but what's the next thing? Well, no, play play within the genres of what, what, what is a zombie, you know? Like, uh, but what is your genre? What interests you the most? If you had the money right now, well, what would you make to define you? I, th- I think it would be a drama. A drama, okay. I, I like dramas. I think, I mean, probably at this stage of my life, it would be something personal about, you know, growing up, uh, about, it would probably be a coming of age of some sort. Sure. Um, I think in, in 20 years, if I'm a dad, maybe it would be about parenthood. I don't know. I think. <laughs> well, don't worry about 20 years yet. I, I think, I think the work reflects your, what's going on with your life and, you know, it's impossible to think. You know, uh, like right now, yes, I would love to make a coming of age, but maybe after that, it's going to be a completely different, different movie. I think one of my favorite directors, his name is Alfonso Cuaron. Um, I think he's he's a brilliant director that has managed to find a common ground between making classic Hollywood movies and also making his weird movies like Roma. And I'm not saying Roma is weird per se, but... You know, it's not the same thing as making Harry Potter 3. Right, 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 right. Like, he has done the Potter movies, but he has also done Roma. I think that's such a... That's another dream scenario. Like, okay, I can... You guys want me to make this studio movie? Sure, I'll make it. And I'll make it my own, because if you see Harry Potter 3, for example, and you are aware of his style, his uh, affirmation for long takes, loneliness... And then see Roma, you can see, oh, it's the same director. Like, it's it's the same guy moving the camera behind the, the scenes. You ever see, like, um, Kubrick's long shots? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, he invented them. I know he invented them, yeah. In a, in a mainstream conventional way, he invented them. Especially that one in The Shining, where they're following the tricycle. Uh, All those shots. I, I, feel, I feel the hair in the back of my neck moving yeah. right now just thinking about it. Yeah. Because just... And then if you go to, to Carpenter, yeah, you know, Carpenter with the fucking music. Well, and the music was written by himself playing like four or three notes. But now he, I think he just scored that movie, the, 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 the one with Zac Efron, Firestarter. 
The music was great. I didn't like the movie, though. He was a composer. But, I mean, it was kind of like another riff of the Halloween theme. It was like same four notes played by an organ. It's like, oh, I guess. I geek out if I hear John Carpenter play anything. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> the last Halloween, that was the, the, the saving grace. The music at the end where they are killing Michael Myers for, like, the 12th time. But somehow he comes back. <laughs> but the music just sells that he's... You know, a godlike creature in that uh, in that part of the movie. So, so if you would like to make a drama right now, right? What don't you have available to you to make that? I think I still need to find the story. <laughs> oh, so you gotta write the story. Well, write it, yes, but but write something. I guess that I will. So I, I think the way I write is I I like to write for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think my my tasty movies is not that horrible, you know. Like uh, I see a lot of movies, obviously. So I think if I like it, there's must be somebody that likes it because I don't think I have like a horrible tasty movies. So I think by writing for myself, I'm safe. But I also think I think coming of age movies are also very cliche, in the sense of you know it starts maybe with a shy kid wanting to maybe get a girl or maybe trying to get some objective and I'm trying to see how I can write something that feels personal relatable yet original in, in quotation marks you know because no story is really original you know it's, it's... well making something that you would like isn't safe yeah yeah that's that's daring yeah because you're yeah. like no, no no this is what the fuck I want to make yeah 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 this is who I am yeah. and either you like it or you don't yeah 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 and I, I mean, and I think that's something that I, I get often, uh, like in my thesis film, which is supposed to be shooting in the next couple of months, I got a lot of uh, criticism from fellow students and faculty about my approach because I, I wanted to shoot, I want to shoot a film. Uh, I love film. Mo- motion picture. Right. Um, so I wanted to shoot it in Super 8 and, and Super 16. Ooh, sexy. So it's kind of going back to, you know, the time where Spike Lee went to school, you know, Super mm-hmm. 8 and Super 16 were the standards for students. And now we might play with DSLRs and maybe if you're lucky, you get to play with a Ari Alexa Mini or whatever. But, you know, the way I see it is, like, why am I being criticized? Because I want to shoot how we used to make movies like 20 billion years ago, you know? So I think, uh, but it's like, I want to make it this way. And when people ask me, oh, what do you want to make it? Because I, so the story is about two people breaking up. They're college students. It's about that timely decision that a lot of college students face when they finish school, right? So I, I wanted to say, well, this is a story about love. Super Aid is kind of that memory-esque love sensation when you see the grain of Super Aid if you ever seen it mm-hmm. and super 16 is it's kind of a little bit more refined more pure but not there to the 35 millimeter grain structure and, and grain structure is how it's pixels for, for i used know, to be a photographer for digital people you know <laughs> um and i think for me the idea of having those these two visual mediums compare and contrast by telling a story about somebody that's super in love but they at the end they break up because of a tragic situation because they still don't understand their maturity that's why i'm so attracted to the super 16 because it looks better than super 8 
it, it's supposed to look better. It was the, the, the format for rich kids in the 60s, but it's not as, as, as mature as the 35 millimeter format. So, in my, this is none of my business, yeah. but if I was you, I would start in 8. Oh, yeah, it's go to 16, and as the characters evolved, you evolved the medium. That would be the feature, if there was ever a feature. Uh, Can you do that? How long is your, your film? 18 minutes. You could do that in 18 minutes. Yeah. Does but, anybody, nobody does that, right? What? Nobody does that. Um, there was these movies. Jobs did it. The Steve Jobs movie did it. Uh, the one... Oh, they go from medium to medium to medium? The one that was directed by... By the guy who made uh, Slumdog Media. Uh, oh, I, I know who you're talking about. I know Not that bad Steve Jobs with Ashton Kushner, the one with Michael Fassbender. Okay. But that one, they started in Super 16. They went to 35mm negative. And by the end of the movie, they go to 35mm digital. Oh, that sucks, man. I wish I wish we just came up with that now. Because <laughs> because they wanted to show the highlight of the technological evolution as Steve Jobs uh, changed the, 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 the innovation. Yeah. But it's very seamless. Like, you really have to know cameras in order to tell that right. they're screwing up with your mind that way. Well, that's very subtle. I like that. So now I gotta see that movie. Subconsciously. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta work on every level when you're doing art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing with things that people don't even know that you're playing with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just... I mean, a, a good example is The Walking Dead, if you... The Walking Dead has been on air for 12 years. But prior to the pandemic, they were shooting film. They shot Super 16, actually. Mm. Hence why the first season has a very dirty look. That's it's a- very, it has, uh, no, I mean, well, that would explain so much more to me. It, it just, it had such more of a feeling to me. Yeah, but now, since the pandemic, they, they started shooting digital. And it, of course, they went from 16, Super 16, which is a smaller negative, all the way to Super 35 Digital. So they skipped like two mediums there, if you know what I mean. But in that aspect, they a lot of people online were like, it looks better. But most people were not able to, they, they just say it looks better, but they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to articulate why it looks better. Right. Seriously, you know, but they were shooting with an amateur format, which it's Super 16. It's, I mean, movies are shot in Super 16, but it's it was considered and for some people, it still is an amateur format. So they, they change that and, and change the digital, hence why it looks more sharp, because, you know, it's supposed to be sharper. Right. That makes sense. Uh, but it, it was a good example of, you know, that idea of moving. But in that show, the movement of format was not justified because of storytelling. It was because COVID happened and they were trying to be more efficient on set, and that's why they... They switched to digital, but it was not so much of a of a story purpose. It was not like, hey, we're moving to the future, and that's why we're changing the format so abruptly, even though you've been used to the style of shooting for like a decade. Well, to me, a, a truly amazing story is when we meet the character here. Oh. And yeah. by time we go whatever the time period is, yeah. by the time we get to the end, the person has evolved Absolutely. beyond what you could have imagined when you first met them. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, this is to George Lucas's credit, I think that's what he did very well in Star Wars. The OG. Like, he, he, he nailed and followed the, the... No, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. journey to the teeth. Right. And 
that's why people really like Star Wars. It, it, structurally, it's a great movie. And of course, when you had John Williams and all the practical effects and all the revolutionary technology that went in the 70s, well, you get Star Wars. But in terms of storytelling, the structure of the script, it's very, very, very traditional. Well, it sounds to me like you know what you're doing. I try my best. I read a lot and I try to watch movies and see how they get made. You know, it's, uh... Well, I have a book for you to read. It's called My Name is Asher Lev. My okay. name is Asher Lev. Right. So it's about a Hasidic Jewish kid in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Right? So he's old, he's Jewish, like really Jewish, right? And he becomes an artist by mistake, kind of. Interesting. Right? But you know what all he wants to draw is? Crucifixes. But it's not because he loves Jesus. It's not because he doesn't want to be Jewish. It's just because for some reason his artist eye finds that to be a very attractive thing for him to for some reason he feels that whatever he feels inside he can create with that image so he loses his family he loses his father who's a rabbi he loses everything trying to follow this dream very interesting it's a great book i don't remember the author's name but my name is asher lev is an amazing book for an artist to read i'll check it out be a good movie. <laughs> it could be a, that could be your whole shit there. <laughs> it could be a good movie. It could, I, it, I don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could make a good movie out of it. I, I haven't seen it in my head yet. I read it a bunch of times. Well, I think, I think, I mean, there's a, a lot of producers that when they read a book, they're like, oh, I gotta call the browser <laughs> to get the rights and all that shit, you know. Or they even read a newspaper article. They're like, okay, we're. I mean, they just made a movie about uh, that show about uh, Elizabeth Holmes. The dropout in Hulu, and that show is all about uh, uh, this company, uh, and it was actually based on a podcast. Uh, but I think they're making another movie with another actress, and that's based on a uh, newspaper headline. It's insane uh, what people can do out of basically nothing. Well, I, I, I mean, just having a brief conversation with you, you definitely seem. And, and then it seems like you're answering your own questions, too. Like, what do I do next? Well, it seems like you know exactly what to do next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, but it's also the, I think, the social constructor of society. Fuck of, that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have yeah. to get that. You have to. You have to. I was a sculptor. Yeah. And I decided that it wasn't about people seeing my sculptures. It was about me being happy creating. I, I had an art career. I didn't want it. Yeah. And it really was only important to me because it made me happy. That's a, that's a key. That's the key. And then if it makes other people happy, that's nice. That's but that's key. not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. That's a key. Just do that. Make yourself happy. Yeah. I mean, I generally enjoy the, the light behind the camera, and that makes me happy. So that's what I want to do. Cool. Well, thank you, man. Uh, Hi, for TJ? Yes. Hey, what's up? This is my first time doing this, right? Just sitting here, okay? That's all I got to do? I don't understand. It's my first time I have to, like, uh, sorry. Everything's a payment, so we're through everything, right? Yeah, but you're in already. <laughs> it's nice and easy. It is. Uh, the pin thing is only if you set a pin. Oh, okay. And I think that's only Uber. I don't think Lyft even does that. 
Man, I'm in a Tesla. Sometimes it's a Tesla. Wow. You can even be on a podcast if you want. Really? Yeah. I just think this is pretty cool right here. <laughs> so what's the podcast about? It's called No Longer Apart. I'm the host, Grim Driver, and we're on Spotify and like five other things like Amazon and uh, radio something. Damn, I don't remember the names. Um, so basically, it's called No Longer Apart, and um, we've all been separated by the pandemic, not talking to each other, not figuring things out, and this is to bring that back a little bit. So like last week, I uh, had a musical guest and um, just the conversations that uh, I have with people as we drive around, if they want to be on the podcast. I'll do it if you want. I mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about. But... <laughs> where are you off today? To where? Where are you off to today? To my CVS job. Cool. So, how have you been faring the pandemic? How I've been faring it? I mean, uh, after three years, I'm happy to we have some sort of normalcy. You know, it. it the first year was the roughest because I'm also a, a concierge, and that's my primary guy, uh, primary gig. So I was an essential worker during the pandemic. And on top of that, you know, I went one whole year out to my older son. You know, he lives in Long Island, and at the time, my wife, she just gave birth in, in January to our daughter in 2020. And my, she was shortly after pregnant with my younger son, Thomas. So for one whole year, I saw my older son AJ through, uh, through a TV screen, and it, it, you know, through a cell phone screen. And it was, it was rough. Uh, we got through it, though. And, you know, I remember that one year after... The whole pandemic. Remember, uh, he had a, over here, he had a field day with his son. I mean, he had a field day in school, and I would go see him, and he get running to me. And it was just uh, one of those things where it was like an epic moment, having on video too, and it was a little emotional. As I said, and then to get everybody back together, see my parents again, and see uh, you know, my, my sister and nieces, and, you know, it was good. Yeah, like my two sisters both had a baby recently, and I haven't gone to see the baby yet. Just because, you know, like the old protocol before the pandemic was, you don't want to expose the kid to too many things right away. Yes. So I feel like I, I don't even want to, because, you know, I'm doing this job. Well, I don't even want to take the chance. Send me pictures. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in a couple more months when things, you know, are a little safer or, you know, the baby's a little bit older and a little bit more hardy, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, the kid's not going to remember right now anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather I, keep him safe. No, I, I completely agree. You but know, it's different. You're the dad, man. That's a whole, a whole other thing. Well, it was also one of those things, too, where, you know, like, we would, now we're, like, in the two-bedroom, but uh, back then we were in a studio in the same building, just a studio on a different floor. Right. And and coming home from work, some, you know, I literally, I come from work, take the clothes off, boom, hit the shower. And, you know, it was uh, one of those things where I was nervous, like, am I bringing something? Because, I'm, you know, it was in our building. It was underneath on the residence side. She, she, she's a famous person. So it was kind of like, you know, this thing is floating around. My wife was always nervous. Actually, and, and back then, my, see, my, not my fault, but I always watched the news 24-7 back then. And that probably was the worst thing I could have did because there was one day I woke up and I was like, and I went down the stairs, I came back up the stairs. And, you know, I worked I worked from the fourth floor down to the first floor, I was on the fourth floor with no problem. So I said, just me having a panic attack. And the other thing, too, is I had diabetes. So my thing was like, they're saying this thing can, you know, screw diabetes up and this and that. So I remember uh, my wife, God bless her, and my father said, this, you need to relax, I'm watching the news. 
because you, you're watching this 24-7, well, you know, close to 24 hours, you're really going to start, you know, losing it. So I, I took a step back, I stopped watching the news, and I was always cautious, though, and that helped me get through, you know, dealing with this. It's good to take, you know, I, I do, like, I'll listen to the news a lot, and then I got to stop, because it's just repeating. I'm not getting anything new. And then I'll listen to, like, international news, because at least I find out about what's going on besides the cat in the tree in my neighborhood. The cat in the tree with the COVID in the neighborhood. You know, like, I, I need to know real information about the world. Well, that's what I, I love, international news. I also, you know, I love, like, the BBC. That's, that's my primary, yeah. That right there, to me, the problem with American... I used to say American news, is it, you know, if you put on one channel, it's going to favor one thing, or that's going to favor another thing. They're never, they're never like, somebody's always lying, or it's something, something's not right. And, and and that's what gets me frustrated, you know? So then when I go to, like, the BBC, I love listening to that, you know, which, that to me is more, I guess, open and fair. You know, it, it's, you're not dealing with all the nonsense that you would, you know, put on these other news stations. Well, I love when the, the British reporter is like, well, I hear what you're saying, but no, none of that is real. Like yeah. you just made all that shit up. Like let's 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 move on from that. What is your point? But no, no, no. Like there are no flying purple elephants today. We're pretty sure of it. We have proof there's no flying purple elephants today. Exactly. But what's your point, sir? <laughs> you know. Another thing too is sometimes like for instance, you know, my wife she, she's from Colombia, so she'll watch it say like the, the news from over there, you know, and they'll report different things that we're reporting. So it's like, okay. <laughs> well, it's a good idea to listen to as many and read as many different things and, and look into it. You gotta go, you gotta do that next step of research. Hey, well, that was kind of concerning. Let me, wait, no one else is saying anything like this. Let yeah. me see where this connects to. I'll keep an eye on that, but maybe not exactly what they're saying. And the other thing too, during the pandemic is my mom was like complete nervous. I mean, she was like a nervous wreck, but she, you know, she would watch the news and she'd freak out. And my father, I mean, God bless that man, you know, he's, a great guy, hard worker, but he, I, I never saw him at one point really get nervous. I guess I think he just showed that he wasn't, but his thing was like, and this was before the vaccine shots, his thing was, I'm going to do what they're saying, it's like the flu, I'm going to wash my hands, wear my mask, do my business, and that's, that's all he kept doing, he said, I'm not going to start getting nervous, because you start getting paranoid, that's when things go haywire, just stay calm, stay relaxed, you know, take your temperature here and there, and that's what he did, and, and he never, that's the one man I could say that never got freaked out by, by this whole thing. He just, you know. Well, that's good advice. You always want to be the calmest person in the room. You'd be freaking out inside. Yes. But take a breath, because when the room's on fire and everybody's running around in circles, you need to be the guy that's like, the door's over here. <laughs> I'm by the door. Let's go. Come on. Exactly. I mean, he, he was, down, I mean, my dad is an awesome man, but he, he was not had fear with that whatsoever. You know, uh, I remember the one thing was I'm listening to uh, WNPR at, 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 my, at, at my job, a concierge job. I'm listening to that and I'm talking about there's a shortage on like toilet paper and, and, and uh, you know, paper towels. So I called my wife and I'm like, listen, go on Amazon and order extra toilet paper, extra paper towels. Because apparently this is the quickest thing that's selling out. So she, she goes on and she ordered, I mean, I came in, our whole closet was filled with stuff. <laughs> I said, how much did you order? She said, you should order a lot, I order a lot. But it was probably the best move that we could do because unfortunately, a few weeks later, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, my parents, they, they couldn't find this stuff. We had it. So we were able to give it out to, to the family and whatnot. Give it out to them for a discount only three times more than we paid. <laughs> I just was happy that, you know, that was probably, you know, 
sometimes people in those situations, I notice they, they get selfish. They want to, you know, have everything. I mean, I, I at that point, I remember I ordered too many refrigerators to like <laughs> also put stuff in, had freezers in it. My brother ordered a freezer, an extra freezer. So I mean, ooh, those were some tough times right there. And coming out of it, I'm glad to have some sort of normalcy again. Yeah, we're a little bit closer. We're not fully out of it, but we're, you know, and I don't think I think if anyone thought it was gonna be done like in, in, in six, seven months, it's it's hard to believe. You know, it's a pandemic. It's gonna go on for at least two, three years. And here we are, still three years with another wave coming in. So. But I think at this point, you, you should know how to handle yourself. And, and if you don't, then you just haven't paid attention. You don't. Um, but, but my other thing, too, is if, if you're very nervous to go out, then you should not go out. You right. Know? Right. That's something that you have to understand also. You know, the world's going to go on. You can, you can go out. You have to be cautious. But if you're that nervous, you know, at my job I'm going to this afternoon, a few weeks ago, some guy was freaking out because the guy didn't have a mask on. I said, well, listen, man, there's no mask in needed in this place. What do you want me to tell you? And my manager came over to him and basically listen, if you don't like it, you, you have to come here. You know, don't go near him. So. Well, you know, people, like you said, you know, your experience hit you really hard. Some people haven't recovered at all. That's true. And if you are having that type of hard time, talk to somebody that you care about. You know, someone that, that will give you good advice and, you know, just sit on your front steps at least. Just mm -hmm. try and get out a little bit. The world hasn't changed from the way it was before the pandemic. It's just that your eyes are open a little bit more. And I also want to say one more thing. Yeah. I have family members who are in the medical field and God bless them because they did a lot during that pandemic and that's something that should never go ungranted. Absolutely. That is, you know, thank your healthcare workers because they were our front line the entire time. Yes. Thank you so much. Dude, you Good morning for Alexander? Yes. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you I got uh, candy if you like, there's cell phone charges back there if you need, and you have a chance of winning prizes on the tablet. Spotify podcast? Uh, yeah. I just dropped uh, episode 5 last night. Oh. You have the opportunity right now to be on a new Spotify podcast for this very car. Yeah, so uh, if you have anything to say to the world or anything you want to talk about, um, No Longer Apart is about us all having conversations again because we've all been separated by the bullshit in the last couple of years. No Longer Apart? Is that the name of the podcast? Yeah, the name of the podcast. Ooh, oh my god, this is the most exciting car I've ever been in. This is very jagged. Uh, grab the QR code so you can follow it. Oh, we will. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah, I'll give you the, uh, the on-air. Oh my gosh, so exciting. <laughs> How was your night? Good. Uh, what was that bar that we just came that we just picked you up from? Uh, it's called the Bueno and Wilson. I grew up there. Is how I feel. Yeah, I live a few blocks away, and I still have I have so many bars I need to check out. It's a little crazy. That's good. I don't think I would go there if I learned about it now, but I definitely <laughs> went when I was younger and excited and more willing. 
But I made a lot of good friends there. And now it's kind of a, just a comfort place. Well, it's good to have one of those. Yeah, and it's very nice. Where are you from? Uh, Brooklyn. Born and raised? Yeah. What area? Uh, like Gravesend, Bensonhurst. Nice. And then uh, I moved around a bit, lived in Florida for a while, lived upstate New York, and uh, now I'm just being pushed east little by little. Of course. Uh, where are you from? I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Cool. Moved here about eight years ago for school. Stayed. So just barely grasping on. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like it here compared to Oregon? Oh, of course. Nothing beats New York. I definitely miss home. Every time I'm back, I love it. I miss my parents. I miss like the suburbs, but nothing compares to New York. I haven't yet had the pleasure to be all the way over there yet. Yeah, I've met a lot of friends here that I've never traveled west. That's pretty shocking. I think everyone thinks that California is the entire west coast. Well, I actually know somebody uh, from Oregon um, you. that uh, when I was a kid uh, uh, growing up. So, you know, I know about you know Washington State and Oregon and, you know, like, yeah. I know there's a lot more over there. There's a lot. <laughs> but but for kids growing up here, it's it's where we want to go. Like, right. you guys want to come here. Like, why do you want to come here? Of course. <laughs> we want to go over there. I feel the same way about friends I've made here, knowing people that have just moved to Portland or just moved to San Francisco or anywhere on the West Coast, really. It shocks me. I'm surprised that anybody would want to be out there. And then I remember when I go home, all the great things about it. But at the same time, growing up, this was the ultimate dream. Right. You know, it's so idealized, New York City for what it is in the aspect. Even with the struggle, it's like, oh, yeah, it's so hard to live in New York. It's so expensive. It's this and that. And still, it like feels like an accomplishment. Well, you know, that whole old saying, if you can make it here, you know, like, this really tempers you. Truly. The pace here is so high. It's so high pace all the time. I go someplace else, and it's like, why is nobody moving? Right. <laughs> But yeah. I kind of, I kind of need that slower pace. You know. It makes sense. I, every time I'm home, I miss it. But at the same time, my older sister, she's four years older than me, and she never left Portland. She went to the state school. She did her best. She worked at a very nice company there. She had no reason to leave. And then during the pandemic, she lost her job. She moved back home. And then the goal was for her move out to New York and experience something and come live with me and we'd find a place. And of course the company that she stuck with had an office in San Francisco and she moved out there and there's nobody that we know out there. And it's a lot of how do you meet people? How what are what does it mean to search for an apartment? And so I flew out to help her when she was touring places and I think I came from a very brutal place being here where it's barely at a grasp, even if you have all the credentials you need, that you still might not get the place. Right. Even if it's shitty, you probably still won't get it. <laughs> and I think I scared her a bit. 
<laughs> turns out either it's a little bit easier, you can get the place. It's just crazy. I, I just can't imagine being someone that grows up here and wants to be there. Well, so I think it's, it's, na it's our nature right. for us to all spread around to different spots, mm -hmm. you know? But, like, this is just a cement graveyard. <laughs> you know, like, when I grew up here, this was, this was like, Gotham City. Right. Like, it wasn't this happy, nice place. Right. It was constant survival. It was constantly, you know, there was no moment of, like, just standing someplace. Right. You always had to be aware. So you always want what you don't have. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> That's why it's good to have different places. Of course. So everybody can find their place. When I moved out here, I had never been on the East Coast. And all I wanted as a kid was to be in New York City. I idealized it so much. And I wanted so badly to go to Parsons. I wanted to go to the new school. I thought, what a dream. How fancy, how beautiful to be a kid in the city. And then, of course, this school in Brooklyn gives me way more money. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be one of those people. And I'm so glad that that's what happened. And I still have not left the place. I cannot dream of living in the city ever. No, yeah, this is way better. Dare. This is a better, at least we have some trees here. Even now, you're dropping off me off at this very fancy building that I cannot afford. And it's truly an experiment for me. Right. And I'm, my lease is up in August, and I'm very excited to get back into reality. <laughs> this is out of COVID world. Hi, this is your host of No Longer Apart, Grim Driver, and this is a new segment called Grim Splaining. Now, I would imagine that everybody out there has heard of mansplaining, and I guess let me grim splain what mansplaining is just in case you do not know and have not encountered it or titled it as such. So mansplaining is when a man going by the title, explains to excess a simple concept to someone that feels that they're being belittled by the concept and the explanation. So when my wife tells me that I'm mansplaining, I turn around often and say she's wife-splaining how I am now mansplaining. So that's, you know, not necessarily the most wise thing to do, but hey, I went with it. So now there is mansplaining and wife-splaining. There's a more serious problem I don't think you are aware of. It is called white-splaining. It's odd that I just was texting through the Tesla to my wife that I was doing my white-splaining segment, and the Tesla was able to understand it and made it into a word. So perhaps I did not know that this was a thing, but let me explain white-splaining. Grim-splain, white-splaining. It's all a bloody mess. So, white-splaining does not have to come from a white person, per se. I've been white-splained by many races and colors and ethnic backgrounds. White-splaining, to me, is when somebody talks down to you and tries to explain to you something they do not think you grasp, but they clearly do not grasp and have none of the correct information. It is though, instead of trying to explain something or express themselves, they are trying to pump white noise into your head 
and then you're just supposed to be like, oh yeah, you're right. But they're not because they have no idea what they're talking about. White splaining. Is white splaining the gentrification of communication? It might be. So if you encounter white splaining, call it out for what it is. Stop goddamn white splaining to me because you have no idea what you're talking about. No, I will not accept your white noise. You know, white noise like shh. Because you have no idea what you're talking about. So this is a public service announcement from Grim Driver. Be aware and watch out for white splaining. It might happen to you. Well, I have candy if you like. There's cell phone charges back there if you need, and you have a chance of winning prizes on the tablet. Uh, the podcast is called No Longer Apart. I'm the host, Grim Driver, and I'm um, just trying to bring everybody back together to have conversations again like we used to. Okay, what topic do you talk about? Anything you'd like. You have nine minutes to your destination. You can bring up anything that's important to you if you'd like. Because we're feeling the back of your car. So much pressure. You see your Black Lives Matter. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. What um, do you think? Here, well, this is what we can talk about. Sure. Oh, Don't come with no what do you dumb think? Topic. No. What do you think about this abortion ban? Okay. It's it's called pro-choice. Yes. It, right. It's it's an option. It doesn't mean that people need to go out and do that. Um, I've lived my life in a way that I would never have to make that decision. But you know. People need to make that decision sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cause I seen a theory, one of my homegirls, and her theory is that these old white men are trying to save their race because of global warming, and they're forcing these women to keep their children. What I would like to do is show up there with a tractor trailer full of diapers. Or a tractor trailer full of babies. Right, and give them to And and say, okay, so now what? Because children need to be raised and loved. There's no baby I think, formula. I think there's no baby formula, right? I went the other day. I could not find baby formula. If you go online, there's none in stock. I think that's kind of like what people say. I see online like this idea of being pro-life, and people are like, it's not necessarily pro-life because once the babies are born, you don't really care about what happens to them. Right. What was so, the next step? Right. It's really more like pro-birth. Like you're forcing women to have babies, and then it's like when she can't take care of it, she can't buy formula there is no formula it's like uh well hands up that no formula is crazy to me because joe you got all this money for russia what about the babies in america there you go you know what i went through the other day to find formula and i had one can left you know the anxiety i can imagine i i know how it is to be in a supermarket shaking because you don't have enough money to feed everybody People, everybody needs to experience that, the, just the absolute sheer horror. Well, I, I've been working and, and I've been I've been doing everything right and, and I'm not doing anything stupid and I'm not wasting my money and wait, how am I not able to even like barely feed everybody? I'm telling you, the way they live is ridiculous. ridiculous. It's outrageous. And then rent, by the time you pay your rent, it's like you nothing look left. Look at gas prices. Gas prices are higher than the U.S. minimum wage. Minimum wage in the world well they've warned us that these types of things were coming and you know we wouldn't be in this position with the gas necessarily if Russia didn't decide just to go off script and do whatever <laughs> they wanted yeah um, yeah that's crazy I uh, break out in war in this century it's kind of scary 
I think we all just forgot that that can happen. Yeah. Because that's been, look, this has been, this has been, a, I mean, look, there's been horrible wars and, and people being killed and genocides in the last 30 years. But like the last, in general, things have been moving in a better direction and those things were less. It, it, it's what happens in the world and we thought, we the same way I thought that everybody was accepted. I accept everybody. I don't care what you are, what you look like. I don't care. Hey, right. what's up? How you doing? Shake my hand. Or bump my fist because now it's COVID. But, you <laughs> yeah, know. Um, but I live in a place that is wildly diverse. Right. We don't have a choice but to get along together. Yeah. We have to figure it out. And the more that you meet different people, you realize they're just the same as me. Basically. And, and I think most of the problems that people are having out in the rest of the country is that it's not diversified. Yeah. And, and they don't really know. They've never met somebody different. Mm-hmm. A lot so of kids are just like, like scared of, of That's change. like the Plattsvilles, that show. Oh yeah, there's a show called Welcome to Plattsville. It's and about they, like a family who kind of raised their children like off the grid with like no technology, no like sugar, things like that. And they're so out of touch with like reality. They don't know how to like function in basic society. I'm not white. I oh, come from that. immigrants. So I don't. Oh, where are you from? Uh, from Sicily. Okay. Oh, Italy. Okay, yeah. Well, that's different. Oh. Uh, we're, it's we're, like Italy adjacent. It's Italy. Well, it, it's technically Italy, but we used to have our own king. Oh, okay. And um, northern Sicily is super white, mm-hmm. and we're quite a bit darker. Mm-hmm. And and we've been ravaged by the greatest conquerors of all times because of where we were located so we're super mixed right out of the box so just a base sicilian is is mixed up of a whole bunch of different people we're like like right from like like north africa is right there Mm. if you got a boat you can get to north africa so so you're right there okay yeah we're right right there so my family (laughs) (laughs) well but my family goes from white 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 blue eyes and blonde hair through the reds because the vikings came through oh, okay. and then okay. some of my family looks arab with curly hair and they're dark my, my grandfather was super dark my sister when we were growing up during the whole oj trial yeah. everybody kept saying my sister was oj's daughter because <laughs> that she's dark enough to to, to be that way That's an OJ child. right 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 so <laughs> it, it it doesn't matter you know like when i when i see a happy family I smile because that's a happy family yeah. of whatever the makeup is. Only everybody had that mentality. Well, now people get to meet you, some random people that I just there met in the go. Bronx, <laughs> and and you have the same concerns as somebody in Ohio. They're worried about gas prices and baby formula right now, and and we all are supposed to be Americans, right? We're all supposed to live on this planet together. Nobody's trying to take out the white people. There's more of a history of white people trying to wipe out other people than other people trying to wipe them out. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I don't know, what is that, the deletion theory now or something? Where, you know, the minorities are trying to, to get rid of the white people? That, that's a new thing. I don't know if you heard I don't that. what warped reality they're living in. Right, they're like, <laughs> oh, that. we're doing, all the minorities are doing this to get rid of the white people. Like, and it's just like how even homeboy that shot up the supermarket talking about he trying to save his race how is that saving your race 
What are you saving it from? That's the thing. <laughs> what are you saving it from? Like you guys are the oppressors. <laughs> right. What are you saving it from? At this time frame, look, what I don't understand about supremacy is you cannot be truly supreme if you're standing on top of other people's there heads. If everybody's on the same level and you want to compete, fine, we'll have some fun and compete and see who's the best. But we don't need to hate each other. Yeah, yeah but they already know black is <laughs> That's why they took us up from Africa and put us to work. They couldn't manage us, son. Well, they're just jealous that they get sunburns. <laughs> right? That's all. Worked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're all cranky. They got all those damn sunburns. But, you know, it, it's... I mean... I have never... I don't have enough time. I'm working so fucking much. <laughs> you know, you don't have time to, to do that. Especially like those Karens. Like, when you see the videos, like, why do you care? You argue with me over a parking spot, bitch? Uh, I haven't encountered a Karen in eight months. In eight months? I thought you were going to say ever. <laughs> no, no, I have not experienced a Karen in at least eight months. What was your first experience? Oh, so many. Quite a few. Oh, I had, what was it? I pulled up to pick up this lady by the Apple store, and I had a mask on, and she started freaking the fuck out that it wasn't the specific mask that she wanted. That she wanted. But she was wearing like a piece of cloth over her face. Oh, and she made a bloody scene. And I'm like, lady, do you want the ride or not? Like, that's no, it. Like, like, what, what what do you want me to do? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, I never encountered one and God me. know why, because I'll be the bitch in town. I'm, my Puerto Rican wife would just take care of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll tell you what to tell. Right here. This way here. Well, thank What's you very much. You? Um, I'm going to give you all the information. This is nice. Got this it. is really nice. Cool. I haven't been in the Tesla. I got candy if you like, the cell phone charges back there if you need, and you have a chance of winning prizes on the top of it. Well, damn. You're getting five, you, I was going to give you five stars regardless, but you're getting five stars now. All right, see you guys later. Nice. Oh, you want the AC inside the windows? Please, that'd be great. You know how they're here for Somebody broke the door handle. Usually the door handles come out. So I just popped it open for you. So I'm just waiting for the parts to come in to so come I can fix it. Wait, you do on air in here? We can if you want. I have a podcast. You do? I'd love to. Um, my name is Grim Driver. I'm the host of No Longer Apart. Uh, we're on Spotify. And uh, basically, we've all been separated by the pandemic. And um, no one's really talking. So uh, hey, Can I record it? If you want. Well, whatever you'd like. It's it's completely open. Um, I mean, we've we've had people, we've had musicians uh, share their music, and um, we've been talking about like you know the pandemic and. You Let's know. talk about credit because that's what I do. Okay, talk about credit. Oh wait, I'm on. Well, no, it's just it's just passively recording. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so a lot of people. Well, first of all, they're going to this PPP fraudulent loan. What did you think about that? All these um, celebrities that they've made fake businesses. The most important thing that you could do right now is fix your credit. 
right? A lot of people, yes, they were making money during the pandemic and getting these unemployment checks and everything like that, but they failed to do one thing, which was build their personal credit and try to get business credit, right? So when you're building, people think that everything with cash is a go, 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 right? But nobody wants cash right now. Everybody wants to know that you are the most outstanding citizen, that you can pay people off, that you have history somewhere. Because I can sit here and come to you and say, hey, listen, I got a hundred grand. But you're gonna be, wanna be like, hey, where did you get this money from? Like, you know, sometimes not all money is good money. By the way, if you guys wanna fix your credit, my Instagram is at the credit assist. Um, if you Google me, I come up Lauren Leon, L-O-R-E-N-L-E-O-N. Um, I've been able to achieve a lot of things through credit. I help people buy houses. I help them get into vehicles. I help them basically do anything that they want to do. I'm like a financial strategist, right? I come up with a with a plan to put money in your pocket. Just a little bit about me, my background. I'm an immigrant. Came to this country with no papers. Got my papers five years ago, and ever since I didn't know nothing about credit. Everything I did was cash because I had no choice but to work off the books. So. Um, what led me into credit was I was um, a typical American, right? Thinking that shit lasts forever. So I was at a job making good money, and then one day, whoop, you're fired. Now it's you gotta pick between pay these credit card companies or pay your rent. Where am I gonna live? So I said, let me just pay my rent. My credit went to shit. I was at 387 when I first started my company. And then I started Googling. I was like, there's gotta be a way. I even thought about going into bankruptcy. That was my first thought, but then I realized the only reason you should do bankruptcy is for three things. If you're doing a loan, a loan modification for your house, if somebody is suing you, and if your debt is over 400000 That's the only time you should be doing. But if you have something less than 100 k there's no reason why you should be doing um, bankruptcy. One thing I noticed that credit is a vicious cycle. So every seven years, your credit refreshes itself, right? Um, but who has seven years to wait until something refreshes so falls off, right? You don't, if you read the consumer laws, you don't, when you're signing up for credit cards, you're not legally binded to pay that card. If you read the little fine print, it basically just says, well, hey, um, we're going to offer you on these terms based on your credit. Um, if you don't pay us back, it's a $37, pay us on time, it's a $37 late fee. Um, but nowhere does it say, hey, motherfucker. If you don't pay us our money, you're legally binded to this. And every state has a statute of limitations. Statute of limitations meaning the time that it expires for them to take you to court. Um, a lot of people don't have this information, so they end up... Let me give you an example. Debt collectors know that we're very ignorant, so they'll sit there and they harass you from a debt that's from like 10 years ago, right? Without you knowing that they can't take you to court, number one. And number two, they have to... For you to say that I owe you money, you have to be able to prove it. How many people don't live next door with your name or with the same birthday and you wouldn't even know? There could be somebody downstairs from you with your exact name and you wouldn't even know, right? So how do they prove that it's me? Nowadays, nobody's walking into the bank. Everybody's doing everything online. Everybody's on their iPhone. Oh, what do you need? Um, name, the date, um, the social, and I could put my address, right? And just take out a card under your name. And that's how a lot of people get their identity stolen. But a lot of people... They, because of their fear or because they start getting these court letters or because they start seeing that um, these debt collectors are taking them to court, they panic. The best thing you can do if somebody is suing you, especially if it's a debt collector, is number one, send them 
a debt validation letter, which is asking them to follow the protocols and the law, that's one, and number two, have them prove to you that you are the person. So anytime a debt goes into a debt collector, it's a third party, it's no longer your debt, right? Because Capital One, whoever it was, sold your account in bulk to these people who bought it for pennies on the dollar. They still have to prove that it's you. They can only get so much information uh, from your account. They have to be able to give you from the time the account was open to the time the account was closed, how many payments were made, who they bought the debt from. They're not going to want to do all that because they're just trying to collect their money. So I hope a lot of people like, get in, I empower people through credit. That's my main thing. That's, that's how I tell myself I'm a superhero. I'm a credit superhero. I help people achieve things. My last client, he bought a multifamily because it's not about having good credit. It's about what can we do with this good credit? Like, wh what do we do, right? So everything I talk about, I like to preach. I just did a, I have a car rental business now. From the credit, I have my, my little, real estate is my thing too, but cars are my life. So I have a now, through my business credit, I did um, car rental. So I have 13 vehicles under my business name. You ever heard the term that says, own nothing, control everything? Yep. That's exactly what I'm preaching. You put everything under your business name, God forbid something should happen, it ain't tied personally to you. Is that good? You good? Yeah, yeah, just keep going. You're doing great. Oh, oh, you, you, you're just going, so I'm just letting you go. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if you had any questions. No, no. I, we could I, dialogue. I've, I've been in that situation multiple times, and I had to just switch to... If I don't have the money, I don't buy it. No, you're limiting yourself. Well, so to fix it. my credit, I need to do that. Gotcha. And, and the different perspective on how I was spending money as an overall. Okay. I use credit the right way to buy things, but I make sure I have the money for it. You know? So I'll, I'll if I have the five grand in my pocket, I don't give the guy the five grand. No. I charge it. Maybe I'll pay it in two payments. It depends on how much credit I'm trying to build. I have That's multiple credit cards. I make sure I spread things around. Yes, so you don't have it stuck and you don't have, you're not at zero. Because people think, oh, as soon as I pay this card off, I'm just going to cut it. Or as soon as I pay this card off, it's going to do something for my score. Every time you swipe, your score goes down. If you could swipe for $15, your score, credit karma will sit there and tell you. But don't go so much based on credit karma because people... It's not they, the right stuff. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's a little they, shiny. No, they, that's their Bible. Credit right. karma is somebody's Bible. Experience is somebody's Bible. Those are free apps. And there's a reason why they're free. They market credit card companies on the bottom. And if you look at the fine print before you apply, it tells you, hey, listen, um, we offer these free services because we get paid from um, every time you click if you're approved credit karma gets a commission based on that so a lot of people they they, they don't read the i don't read the fine print i could be signing i used to sign my life away without even knowing it right but now that i've learned so much so many things and so many loopholes and so many laws and this whole country is a corporation right your social security number is an account number right it's, it's how they identify you so there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of I don't want to deep dive into all the laws because if we deep dive into all the laws, we'll talk about how you, how it's illegal for you to go to the, um, the dealership to put a down payment. That's illegal for them to ask you for money to put down. It's based on what the bank requires, mm. right? You're not supposed to put a down payment. Anything you're putting a down payment for, that's just fees um, um, and it's putting money in their pocket. If you need to put something, then it would be the taxes. One second, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Hey.
Okay. Okay, no problem. All right, I'll circle back with you like six or seven. We'll see where we at. All right, cool. I'm so sorry about that. No, you're all good. So, if you know the system, then, and I don't mean to be racist or anything like that, but if people, you you know the Jewish, you see how they own blocks and they own, they own things? They help each other. Right. They keep everything within their own community, right? If we were to think like the Jewish people, no offense to my Jews, because I love, I love, I love. You well, the Chinese I mean? do the same thing. Yes, absolutely. You ever wonder why a Chinese restaurant has no commercial? I've never, I, in the 29, 30 years I've been here, I have never seen a commercial for a Chinese restaurant at all. And I'd be like, how do they make so much money? Because they keep it everything within their system. Right. And I'm sure, I'm 100% sure, that somebody in that family got good credit and they launched, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, that's pretty much about it. There's so much more to it and so much money. Like, I'll give you another example. I went to the dealership to get an Acura that I liked, put it under my business, I put nothing down, and I, I got gap insurance. Of course, that's insanely important. The most important thing. The most important. People think insurance is a game, but you, you need to have life insurance. You know how embarrassing it is to be on Instagram with a GoFundMe page after you died? Right. And everybody's asking for somebody to donate? No, you need life. You guys need to get life insurance. Anybody who's listening, you need life insurance. And you need to fix your credit. Your credit is going to be one of the most important conversations that you have with anyone. Because I can sit here and look this beautiful. But if my credit is shit, they ain't going to give me not even a bottle of water. Well, there's no education about money. Mm-mm. You don't get it. Like, my grandmother and my family made sure I was educated about money. Doesn't mean I always made the best choices. But as I got older, I understood it and knew how to apply it better. But there's tons of people that don't get... They don't teach you that in school. Where are you from? From Brooklyn. No, what's your nationality? Uh, Sicilian. Sicilian. Okay. So, I'm imagining your parents are, were immigrants. Um, my grandparents were. I'm second generation. Second generation. Okay. So they came here with a life purpose, right? Oh, yeah. They came here to, to better themselves. But at that time, credit was not important because money moves. Credit wasn't even... It wasn't even credit back then. There was no credit back then, right? Everything has been implemented now, maybe from like 2000. As the generation has, has developed, everything has implemented now. It, it's come to a point that a lot of people don't know. They can go to the dealership with their own scores. And the finance managers can't turn, they can't turn you down. They can make your life possible because, of course, they're going to make your life possible for, you to, for them to run your stuff. But dealerships are brokers. They're not the actual bank. You can actually call the bank and say, hey, listen, um, you can even put your own application in. A lot of people don't know that. Um, one thing I, I learned, you they're going to sit here and tell you, hey, you need to wait two years to remove inquiries. That's bullshit. I went to the dealership the other day. I had 15 inquiries on my credit file. I called Experian right away. 24 to 48 hours, those inquiries were removed. Well, you need somebody to help you navigate. Don't your experience yeah don't listen to none of that if you create if you i manifest a lot right my manifestation was i want to have two businesses i have six businesses now right and then my manifestation was i want to have good credit my credit i can i can walk in i just got a porsche literally literally so i'm here thinking to myself like what more can i buy with credit then i think about the jewish and i think about how they're buying the blocks and I'm like, that's what we need to do. Imagine 10 of your friends with $10,000 a piece buying a multi-family. Did you hear about those people that the, the landlord was trying to buy the building 
and they ended up getting their condos for 2500 because the landlord didn't um, they didn't like follow these rules or something i don't know what it was but they ended up getting the building between them for 2500 a piece wow so each tenant owns their apartment that's cool well there needs to be you know as part of the curriculum with everything is, is how to manage your own money you see that happens with like you know people that come into money in sports and stuff they have no idea how to handle no, it no 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 I have a friend over at Rock Nation, and um, they just signed a baseball player, and he just got his papers, right? So he doesn't have anything. He has a whole bunch of money, no type of credit, nothing, nothing. And I said to myself, imagine if he had excellent credit and now he got this money. Imagine he had a register his LLC, build business credit. A lot of people think you need to have money to start a business. No. You need to have credit or business credit to start the business. You you read you've heard of Rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah. right? That's really a good book. He's really te- like he he's real talking real shit. How you use you leverage debt to acquire new things, right? So instead, so use my credit, right? I buy a building. I owe the bank money, but the tenants are the one who pay, who pay the bank, right? And everything else is from my pocket. And then as that gets paid off, guess what happens to that building? It starts growing. It starts getting more equity in it. And the prices go up. Real estate is the only thing that never goes down. You're never going to find something half off for, for real estate or for buildings or anything like that. Well, I mean, they do. They call foreclosures. Right. But, <laughs> but how do we access those foreclosures as normal people? Auctions. Auctions, right. But it's not. You, you have to have. How do I explain it? Either some type of credit or some type. You have to have some type of capital to be doing the auction, and it takes a while. Everybody bidding, everybody's doing this, everybody's doing the third. So it's like, damn. I need now. Like I need money now. Like how do I? There's a lot of down payment assistance programs. A lot of people don't know. Yes, it's government. It's government money, and it's gonna take time. But that's what helped me got get my first house. That's how I got it. I fixed my credit. All you need is a 650 and better to buy a house. I've learned in, in my experiences not to get above my uh, to get yeah to get above my head on things. You know, there's a certain amount of risk that I know I can handle with how much money I make, and I and I do incremental increases. You know, so I fixed my credit, I got my first car to do this job, I was able to run that business because I run it as a business. I'm not a driver. Good. I do customer service and transportation. Yeah, you and you provide excellent because I was wowed when and when it says on the wait wait until it some people don't follow instructions well they don't yeah. know how to read directions right well that's another thing so what I did was I was then able to find a way by working for multiple companies at the same time to have zero overhead for the first two years so I was running that car all profit and then I took the money that I profited at that and bought the Tesla so now I have two cars that. yeah as you should and I rent the other one out to somebody else. And that's the mistake that drivers don't understand doing this job is that you're not a driver, you're running a small business. Absolutely. If you run your stuff like a business, you'll be like a business. But if you run it like a hobby, then a side thing, it'll be a hobby. You, I've, you, you can get, just for the people listening out there, you can get five cars in one transaction at the dealership. 
Well, I mean, like, what do you need five cars for, though? Well, th <laughs> well, think about it like this. Let's say you wanted to start a car rental business, right? right? And you don't have any vehicles and your credit is good. You don't have any money right now. So you, you're depending on your credit. What do you do? Well, you go to the dealership and you say, well, pick up five vehicles. And you say, I want all five. Now, remember, they're going to submit one application per bank, right? This bank and the other bank, they're not going to know that you're applying for free for other banks. Right. They only think that you're applying with them. So imagine you get approved for all the all five cars. Now you got, but you got to make sure you calculate this. Like, you don't want to sit here and get cars that are like 90, 100,000. No, you want to get everyday cars. Right. Because there's always somebody out there who's not trying to drive. Like, this Memorial Weekend, I'm booked. Yeah, I bet. Right now, I'm on my way to pick up the Infinity that I have to take to somebody else. But I'm overbooked. The only thing with that is that you now you have to profile who, who you rent the car to because a lot of these people don't give a fuck about your, your property. They will take you. I have have a nice sports. I had a nice 428i called BMW. They crashed my shit. They crashed my shit. But because I have it under the business, right? Um, everything is taken care of under the business. Had I had this under my name, the insurance would have probably kicked me out. Well, even, even worse, whenever you have an accident that's reported under your name, everything goes up. You become a liability for these right. insurance companies. So that's why it's important to separate yourself from personal to business. Well, that's the thing is you're business-minded and you're business-educated. 100%. And, and that's huge difference in how you handle everything. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. people need to be, even if you're like, I'm an artist. I have no interest in business, but I seem to be pretty good at it. Like, if I put my mind to it, Absolutely. it makes sense to me. What's it's... your sign? I know that has nothing to do with... Uh, Taurus. Taurus. Okay. Yeah, Taurus are stable people. <laughs> May or April? April. Ooh. Hard heavy. Yeah, I go forward no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a good thing. That's always a good thing. I'm an Aquarius. I'm a risk taker. I... I well, it's also my upbringing, right? So, I came to this country and I had to... I'm always in survivor mode. Right. That's why I'm so business mind that's why i think about money i think about like just making it in life people that 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 are here most of them they always not to not to go off subject right but, well the subject's whatever you want it to be oh, okay, just go okay, okay. <laughs> there's so, no subject so there's a lot of people that feel some type of way they say oh immigrants come here and they try to take our jobs and they try to do this but you've been here your whole life and have done nothing with yourself so how did we come here to try to take your jobs when all we came to do was live better well because because the people don't realize that we have people emigrating here because they're running away from nightmares yes from yes. absolute night if they were if they could have stayed there and been happy and not been killed by some crazy motherfucker yes, the they would stay there from holocaust and all that shit that shit is so scary i watched the I was reading in the hand diary mm -hmm. yo you imagine you have to take a shit and you got you're in the you're, you 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 can't even breathe you're in a, in a in under a floorboard and you have to take a crap and you you got you gotta I don't, i'm not trying to be funny but you gotta hold your ass cheek tight and you gotta make sure nothing no oh my god that's, and then how they were getting executed oh my god well that's why that's why people that emigrate here are successful because it's either succeed or die that's that's the that's it like that's how i am i was raised by immigrants I only know how to do this. I only know how to survive, and I will survive no matter what. Exactly. I always, I fall, but I always get back on my feet. Like right now, where we're going, is my in-house mechanic shop. So they do everything for me. They hook me up. Cause you, of course, you don't just want to crash a vehicle. You also want to make money from the crash. 
and you know that you have your ways with insurance and all. I'm not supposed to say that on the, on the book, but don't quote me on that. You know what I'm saying? I am a law-abiding citizen. I don't do anything out of the normal. Just trying to get it here and there. But yeah, I suggest anybody who's out there listening, first thing you want to do, get your credit right. Once you fix your credit, your life will fall into place. Well, it's a whole different lifestyle also. Sure. And, and well, people need to educate themselves. If, if these people think that these celebrities are just doing everything cash, that's not... Mm-mm. They're getting... Trust me, they're putting everything on their credit cards. They're, that's how they're buying assets. We have to learn how to use credit. It's correctly. 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 Well, we're going to... I'm going to... We're gonna swap emails and stuff, okay. and I'll, I'll put up on the Facebook thing like your info if anybody wants to contact yeah, you yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 um, but I'll give you, here, I'll give you my number so you can have it. Well, I have a thing for you to fill out. I'll give you the put the email on oh, there and okay, all that. Great, 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 great. But um, you know, there is a huge, and, and, I, and they do it on purpose, I think, because the more uneducated people there are in Absolutely. business, it's easier to take advantage of people. Absolutely. And we live in a society and a time of technology that. You, know, you don't want to trust everything you read online, no. but you can research. You yes. can find and learn at your own pace. You could take like online courses and just start and start understanding how to use your money. Let me tell you, I um, I wasn't able to go to college, and I thought I needed a college degree to be able to do the things I do. And if, if I'm speaking honestly, everybody who went to college with me is dead broke right now. They're dead broke. They got a hundred and some student loans. They got this. I'm a six-figure earner. I am a six-figure earner with my businesses. And this is all through credit. All this through credit. I took, I was taking out like 15 minutes of my day just to research and start. And once you start applying what you what you read and you start seeing that it starts working, I started helping other people. And when I started helping other people in my, my, my small circle, they're like, but listen, you can do this full time. Why don't you start your own company? And I was like, oh, I don't really want to take the headache of doing all of that shit. And as soon as I started my little company, I started putting people in houses. I started putting people in, in like, so much shit. I'll, I'll even show you. This is one of my clients. We just bought this. Oh, nice. This is so good. She got a multi-family here in the Bronx. Well, that's good. You know, like, you know, people need some guidance. You know, you need when you get in trouble, you call a lawyer. <laughs> when, when you get in money trouble, you should get in touch with someone that knows something about money. Yeah, and, and you have my, I had a client that he went and he paid 70000 in debt. And then he gets to me. He's like, yeah, because I paid everything up. I was like, how much did you pay? He was like, oh, I paid 70000 And I was like, I don't want to be the barrier of bad news, but you didn't have to pay that money. Unless they were taking you to court or something. He's like, no, they wasn't taking me to court. It was just, I figured I had the money there. I just want to pay it. I was like, you lost all your money. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's the thing is is keeping people in ignorance benefits the wrong people, and educating everybody evens the playing field a little bit. I love what I do. Like people start seeing their score go up, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's true." They're a little skeptic, skeptical, but. Everything we do is really within the law. We're not doing anything illegal. Like we're not. All we're doing is disputing items that cannot be verified. If if you say I owe you this money and I tell you prove it to me, prove it to me, and you can't prove it to me, so do I really owe you that money? Right. 
Well, that's they want you not to know that. No, and they want you to to. Sometimes we ignore debt collectors, but on the on the page of the debt collector, the debt collector because they know that you're gonna ignore them. They tell you at the top if you read it and it's in red letters. We have to let you know that the statute of limitations has expired on this debt, which means we cannot take you to court. But we we suggest that you do make a pick. And since we don't read the fine print. Hey, for Jonathan? Yep. How you doing today, bro? What's up? Got candy if you like. The cell phone charger's back there if you need. And you have a chance of winning prizes on the tablet. Winning prizes on the... On the tablet? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can make up wild shit if you want. <laughs> I'm with whatever. I'm actually, uh, I do comedy and I'm an artist, so I'm with whatever. I'm with always. <laughs> Ask away, do whatever you need. You only got a few minutes to tell you. <laughs> well, if you want, I got a podcast. You can be on it if you want. Yeah. Want to lay out some of your comedy? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's more just me chatting shit, really. Just basically on, you know, certain things that just happen, you know, current events. I mean, I find myself to be regular. People just laugh at all the bullshit I say, you know. Come up with very toxic, you know. The, the, the temperature of the culture right now, pretty much. It's hard to be a comedian right now. Yeah. Yeah. None of the greats would have survived. No. No, everybody would have just, like... But then again, would they, though? No, I don't think so. <laughs> because you got to be super controversial to make it somewhere. And all the greats were controversial. At that point in time, you know, dates back to everything, and that's in any fashion of art, for that matter. Comedy, music, it has to be, you know, breaking the norm of whatever it is for it to be controversial for people to really, you know, reach legend status over periods of time. Or at least that's the way I think. It it's the same formula. It. We've been through this time period before where right. you couldn't do anything, you couldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Everything was wrong. Yeah. And and that's where the greats were born. Yes. So I'm just waiting. Yeah. I, I hear comedians and stuff saying like, you know, they're so worried and they can't say anything and well well start saying some shit. Yeah. Say say whatever, that's the thing. And it's because everyone is just, you know, they, they they're so worried about hurting feelings and being cancelled and shit like that. And and, and the thing behind it is people worried because it actually works. You can be canceled and go fucking broke, bro. Like, you can lose your whole life based off perception. Which, not even the real thing. Which is not the first time either. How many people would they just hang because they thought they were a witch? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Poor fucking guy, man. Yeah, right? Right? He needed some help a bunch of times and not the shit he got. Yeah. Yeah, could we say the same about Kanye, Kanye West I'm, I'm, What is his status now? <laughs> Does he have a status now? Status is he ain't. <laughs> I have no idea what his status is. Uh, as far as like marital status or like or like you know, occupational status. Occupational status, I guess. Um, I would still say everything he's done so far and then some as far as occupational status because it's not like he's not going to be not involved in music in the future right uh 
it's not gonna, it's not like he's not gonna be involved with fashion in the future. Uh, who's to say he still won't win the same awards that he's won so far in the past? So, depending on, not even depending, regarding, it doesn't matter what he's going through right now or his occupational status is him being him because him being him is, you know what I'm saying? Well, he's he's risen to a different spot. He's now infrastructure. Yeah. He doesn't need to be the face anymore. He could just be the puppet master because that's where he's gotten to. Can he though? Why can't he? As far as fashion, I can see that. As far as everything, he, he could just start pulling, he could write music and have other people sing it. He did that with Jamie Foxx and this guy, yeah. He could just be, look, you gotta realize like, I, I can't even think of like the right person, but like, when a comedian or a creator then builds this whole world around them, yeah. then then they're the center no matter what, but they don't have to be the center because they have this whole machine running. Right? right. That, that's what you kind of were saying. Right, right. So it doesn't really matter if he's the guy on the mic anymore. Right. He's still the guy on the mic. Right, 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 right. Because he's still the guy. He's still the guy. He's still the guy. And and you can't take that away. Yeah, yeah. Because that that's as he came in as that guy. He came out as that guy, right, right. Right. So it's see see these type of situations is only it's situational with special people, you know, because we can look at uh, athletes, right? Look at Lamar Odom. You know, we dragged Lamar Odom for his lifestyle and how he ended up relationship, career, does it change uh, anything as far as who he is? Is he that guy? He was that guy when he was on the Lakers. He, he was helping win a championship. He was that guy when, you know, even after he was trying to do what he, you know, he was that guy when it was cool for him to be toxic and stuff before he was found fucked up. But after he was, he was that guy when he was dating the Kardashian. But when all these pieces fall apart, well, is, is all this created from, like, when I was a kid, uh -huh. you thought your heroes were a certain way, and then you realized they were human. Uh-huh. Okay? Which is a natural and necessary thing. Oh, wow, you did all these great things, but, like, you know, you like hanging yourself in the closet and, you know, right. whatever the fuck it was that made you happy. Right, right. That was Keith Carradine. Ka Keith Carradine, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, like, that's how he liked to jerk off. Yeah. And it killed him. Oh, that sucks. But, right. But he was a hero to many people, and then you see who he really was. Well, maybe you shouldn't have put him in that box. True. So instead of erasing people, maybe we should just stop putting him into a box and be like, well, you know, they're kind of human too. But you see, that's why I said it's situational with special people. Because we can say the same thing about Kanye West. Why do we put him in that box? Why do we, you know, he's still human. Why shouldn't he allow the fuck up? Why shouldn't he be allowed to have outbursts and say these wild crazy things why shouldn't he hurt because of a death of his mom you know that he couldn't really cope with properly because she was the only thing that he could cope with you know and as, as far as the psychology goes when you take away one's person's uh therapeutic whatever and when they have one person their one's vision sorry their rock yeah you take away their rock of course they're gonna crumble they're gonna crumble right and and so, so he's I, human, right? So I say that. So it's like we can say that about 
Lamar Odom, but we can say that we, uh, with, uh, the same guy we, we mentioned earlier. The, uh, Keith Carradine. Uh, Keith Carradine, right? We can say that about Heath Ledger. We can say that about Kanye. You know what I'm saying? But it's only this only applies to special people because even though they're human, they're still that person. Yeah, but but they're st- but 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 that's that's not their mistake. No, that's... it's our mistake. No, I wouldn't call it a mistake though, because that when I say that person is like. Oh no no! I'm not it, taking away from that person. Yeah. I'm saying they're not falling from grace. We put them there. We put them in that grace. Yeah. Because it's we, not abnormal. No, they, we put them there because they do things that we can't. But they're still you and me. Yeah. They got more shit. Yeah. And they got yeah. more problems. Yeah. Because with more shit comes way more problems. Yeah. But, like, it's not necessarily their fault. They're running with it. Oh shit! You want me to be like this? Fine. Yeah. But. Man, like I got like real life things going on, and I'm falling apart, and shit sucks, and yeah, yeah. It, they're not immune to that. And then they have to do it in front of everybody's face too. Yeah, the good times and the bad times. Shit, man, isn't there a bunch of times in your life you're glad there was no fucking camera there? Oh my god. <laughs> At the same time, I wish there was a fucking camera there because no one would fucking believe the bullshit that I go through. Well, that's what makes it better. Right. I don't record my shit. Mm-hmm. If you believe my story, that's great. Right. I probably got witnesses. Right. But I don't really give a fuck. Right. I don't need to have evidence that I can get, you know, in trouble with later. <laughs> that's what the kids do today. Yeah. There's no evidence of any fucking shit I've done. Right. See, I told about the kids today. I tell my, I tell my, um, my little brother this all the time. I said, man, listen, bro. I had an iPhone when I was in high school. I'll be the fucking hottest thing <laughs> in the world. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm 32, so like, I grew up with tech. Like, I'm in the middle. I grew up with tech. I grew up with the internet. Like, as the stages, when the internet was young, I was young. As the internet was growing through the things, I was. So it's like, I'm with the internet, but I'm. I also grew up with the time before then. So it's like. If I knew that I could create an app 15 years ago by just sitting, you know, being one of those anomalies of people, I could be, you know, if I, if I knew I could just put a dumb, some dumb shit on YouTube 15 years ago and just, I could have been Soldier Boy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like It's a it, lot of timing, too. It, yeah, yeah, it is, it's a lot of timing, but that's the thing. But, and that's because of all these things that happen over time. Now we have all these people. That's right. That's how we have me and you today right now. This what you have right here set up is amazing. You wouldn't have thought of this even got if we hadn't have all these different platforms and all these easy ways to create our own shit. Fifteen years ago, you it would have been impossible. Oh God, yeah. You know how much shit I would need for this? Yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I got my phone and my daughter's old tablet. I'm running this shit on. Oh, just what I'm saying. Like, and I'm it, like, <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Even the service. Even how this cabbing service evolved into, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just takes one. It really just takes one. But now we have all these people looking for, it just takes one. Right. Still, it, we're it, still waiting on flying cars. They're coming. They got them. We're going to test them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the closest we're getting today. This is the closest we're getting. This, this is literally the closest we got to a flying car. Well, this is... Five.
Yes. You got candy if you like, the cell phone charger's back there if you need, and you have a chance of winning prizes on the tablet. Oh, okay. Everything you were expecting to have someone shout at you in the morning. <laughs> nah, it's cool. I'm a, a morning person anyway. I'm usually at work. Hopefully going somewhere fun. Yeah. Get a little break from the norm. Nice. Warm and tropical? Yeah, Cancun. Yep, yep. Hopefully when I get back, the, I'll bring some of that hot weather back with me. <laughs> I hope so. I'm waiting. We, get, we got little spurts of it, but then we wake up to 50 degrees. Well, I hate the winter, and I love the heat, but I still try to enjoy these days before they're gone. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> when it's too hot, it's too hot. Right. No one, I, I don't think no one really enjoys the winter. But you want that, that that brisk air sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's like someone put the air conditioner on outside. A right, bit. right, right. Believe it or not, I, I keep the AC on even in the winter. Hmm. It helps me sleep better. I can't sleep with the AC on. No? No, I I really, I rarely use the AC. Oh, that's my wife. She, she, it's a battle between us. I have the same battle with my wife because she wants the air conditioner on. <laughs> I'm winning right now because I got our our little guy. He's in the room with us. Ah, so yeah, so he, he likes he the needs AC. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as he's out the room, I guess uh, I'm gonna lose. You be sharing the AC with him. <laughs> <laughs> but she's giving him just because of him, right? Well, it's just two other people want it. Right. It's not just, you know, you. Majority wins. Yeah. Right, right. It's not 50-50 anymore. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I got to tell her that one. Now, it's still 50-50. You just got 51. Right, right, right. On that one on thing. That one thing. <laughs> I lose everything else. Yeah, that, that point goes back and forth. Right. up around this time i'm up late today uh, i usually re during the summer i start like two o'clock in the morning because uh -huh. the traffic in the afternoon is just insane yes. so like friday like tomorrow morning i'll be up at two because okay. people go out tonight yes so two uh, saturday sunday uh monday and then I kind of like slack off for two, like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I just kind of like try and wake up at like three o'clock. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm done construction. I was a shipbuilder. Like I'm, I'm used to being awake at this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I do construction. So I'm up. Yeah. You, this is our hours. You're used to it. <laughs> if I was, to, if I take the day off, I'm still wide awake at two o'clock. I'll be up at two o'clock in the morning. I'll play poker for like two hours. And then I'll go back to sleep again. But I'm, I'm awake. I'm ready to go. You sound like my partner. That's my partner. He wakes up 1 o'clock in the morning to play poker. And go back to sleep. Oh, that's the best. When, when, when you're at the tables, like a place, online doesn't fucking matter. Right, right. If you come into the game at that time, I just woke up. I just took a fucking shower. You're wide awake. I'm, I'm the yeah, sharpest yeah, yeah. I could yep. be. And everybody else is drunk and tired. They've lost too much money. Their day's ending. They're making stupid decisions. Yep, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. 
and and like when I have business meetings, I want it as early as fucking possible. I'm like my dad now. Yeah. My Crazy, dad's right? My, Crazy, right? my dad's lethal between the hours of 3 a.m. and 9 a.m. When we were younger, right? It was like, oh man, we don't want to be nothing like our dad. And as you get older, you see, oh wow, I'm becoming more like it. Well, I, 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 my dad's a good thing to become. Oh, okay. Anything good in me is from him. Right, right. So, so that I don't care, but like, it's just like a little fucking shit. Like my dad's got this thing; he never buys soda at a restaurant or something. Like what? with sandwiches and stuff. Uh-huh. Like he always has water in the trunk. He, Dad, just I'll get you the water here. Why do we gotta go back to the car to get the water? No, no, that's what I want to do. Okay, whatever. He, whatever you see him, he hands you a bottle of water. Sounds like my dad. Right. So I was out with my daughter the other day, and we were just getting some sandwiches out of something, and I went to do the same thing, and I was like, "Wait, fuck, that's a Papa thing." Now, all right, that's it. Let, let's get the shit inside. Right. right. I'm like fuck. Oh man. My father does the same. I'm like, yo, dude, I'll buy the soda for you. No, it's not the point. This cost me 15 cents. Why are you going to spend a dollar? To the, yo, he's to the penny. <laughs> to the penny. I'm like, come on, bro. That's the way we're, we have to be, too. Yeah, yeah. But we're more to, like, the dollar. Yes. It's like, I ain't going to, that penny ain't going to save me. It ain't going to make me or break me. The dollar will. Right. What's the saying? Uh, dollar smart, penny wise, or something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah, I, which way is it? It's too yeah, early. Which way it goes? <laughs> dollar, dollar, penny, penny, no, penny smart, dollar foolish. Yes. yes or yes. something like that. One, one, one of those ways. Yeah. Eggs, dozens, baskets, doesn't matter. Right, right. But he's at one end of that, and I'm at the other. Yeah, but it's the same spectrum, just a different time period. Right. Because right. back then, a penny... Oh, went a long way. Right. Now, dollars, oh my God. Dude, it's, it's like, if it if it ain't saving me 20 bucks, I ain't even looking anymore. Mm-hmm. The effort I gotta go through, the time I don't have to save that. Yep. So what are the, our kids are gonna be 100 bucks? <laughs> I think they're already there. Yeah, 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 they might be. That's why they're like, I want $100 sneakers. What, $100 sneakers? Shit, man, I'm trying to buy $20 sneakers, but now they're 60 bucks. I went into a sneaker store last week. The kid had to be 12, maybe 12. He's with his parents. And I'm looking at a $100 pair of sneakers, right? He picked up a pair of $1,200 sneakers. (laughs) And the father's making a joke about it. I said, I make pretty good money and I wouldn't be looking at those sneakers. Kid, you're fucking lucky. Like, you better do anything and everything your parents ask of you. (laughs) You know, you got the the smart kid got a little smirk on his face. Like, I ain't doing shit. (laughs) Right. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I, I sound dated saying $100 sneakers because when I was a kid, sneakers were, you know, but I never wanted them, so I didn't care. I wear one specific pair of sneakers and they're $90. Right. I try not to exceed that. Well, yeah, right. I mean, $100 is not a bad price anymore. Right. That's what that's, it is. That's know. to the norm right now. My wife is like, you spend $60 on sneakers? I'm like, I can't spend less. <laughs> and then she's like, how much are my sneakers? 60 bucks. Right. That's the cheapest they got. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. and, and right now, because of this whole COVID thing and shipping and the price of the inflation is out of the world right now. I'm like, oh, my God. 
something that was five dollars is fifteen dollars now. Right. Even McDonald's. Funny enough, Happy Meal, fucking three three seventy nine or something like that. It's eight dollars. Wow. I would thought you were gonna say like five or six. No, 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 no. Do you do you remember like? Maybe in the 2000s, like early 2000s, this happened before where all the fast food got so expensive, it just paid to go to a restaurant instead. Yes, yes. It's, yes. it's the same cycle again. Like now, th- and then in like five years, they'll have the dollar menu back again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they're, they're, they're losing customers, so they got to do something to get it back. Right. So they jack it up just to, to start making money and breaking even mm-hmm. and shit, and then they're like, fuck, we got to eat this. Even. They, they've been ahead for so long, breaking even. How about giving something back to your customers? How about paying the employees? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought with the whole uh, um, minimum wage going up would help. No. It's always too late. Why is New York behind the eight ball with everything? America. (laughs) Yeah. Because Europe pays good. You get free health care. Over here, you got to pay for everything. I mean, granted, yeah, the healthcare you want to pay because you know the, the more you put into it, the more you get out. I don't want a McDonald's employee having the same benefits as me, and I'm putting forty dollars into it. But everyone deserves to see a good doctor, you know, when need be. But these guys can't afford nothing with fifteen dollars an hour. I think the the rest of the country is less. Like. I actually thought it was more. No, I I, I, I got to look it up again. But, like, somebody yesterday told me, like, in the rest of the country, it's, like, under eight still. Like, the federal minimum wage is, like, eight bucks. But I thought by um, November of last year, it was supposed to... In New York City. Oh, right, 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 right. And then Pennsylvania, well, everybody around us kind of, like, does the same oh, shit. Right. Yeah, they, they bump everything up a little bit if they can. But, yeah, no, it's not... It's not I think maybe eventually the federal minimum wage is supposed to be twelve bucks. Hey, okay, Google. How can so? What is the federal minimum wage? Seven dollars and twenty-five cents per hour. Oh. On the website PatriotSoftware.com, they say the current federal minimum wage is seven dollars and twenty-five cents per hour. How? That's why everybody's starving. How? You can't even work two jobs somewhere and make enough. And then they won't give you enough hours. Because they're like, no, 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 no. If we give you 40 hours, then we got to give you health insurance. Right, right, right. Yo, that's why I love this whole Uber thing, the Uber Eats. I love it. Like It's like you're your own boss. If you know how to do that. Right, right. There's a lot of guys that are so over their heads. Look. We got like a 5% raise in New York City to offset our costs. Automatically, the city said to Uber and Lyft, you got to do this. Right. And then a few weeks later, all the other drivers in the country got 50 cents more per ride mm. to help with the gas. We didn't get that because we already got, got a bigger bump. Right. And I see the difference now. I, I'm like, I'm like, no, that's a couple bucks sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. And over the day, maybe it's like 40 to 70 bucks more a day. Right, so that, right, right. all right, that's pretty good. But our drivers here are protesting like, where's our 50 cents? Really? No, dude, you got more. They don't understand. That's a person who does, doesn't understand the numbers. They don't look at the... I, for the first two years, I ran every number. Right. 
and I understood every inch of this. Now I'm chilling with the numbers. I know. I just look at the basic picture, and I know where uh, I'm at. Right. But I run this like a business. You have to. You have to. But they don't know. They, 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 my dad educated me. Right. So they maybe not had that. Or, or dude, a hundred million things. People need to be educated about their money. Finances is a big course they need to give in the schools. With basic math and mm-hmm. some information, you could you could be lethal. You could, yes. you could you could make something. Yes. Yep. I got into the game late with finances, but I'm I'm pretty okay now. So I'll take that starting late, but it's what you put into it. Right. And any look, late is better than never. Right. Because I'm not saying I was great at this shit. I was bad at this shit for a long <laughs> time before I got good at this shit. Right. 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 <laughs> shit, my mistakes. Definitely, still probably outweigh my my successes. But you know what? Those mistakes was lessons. I had to. You you have to make mistakes to learn, not to make those mistakes. You learn what you can afford, to where you won't mess up, or or take or if you can afford to take that chance. You know, you don't put all your eggs into one basket and be like, this has to work. Right. Right. But what uh, what happens if it doesn't work? I always got a bunch of shit on the oven, on, yeah, on the stove top. I already yes, got yeah. different pots of boiling at different speeds. Well, I'm going to put this one back there. It might take a while, but, you know, it'll get there. Right. My mother always said never put all your eggs in one basket. Right. And I live by that. My father was a little different, but that's what balanced them out. But I learned just, you know, put your hand in different things. Never, be, You don't want to be the master of one thing. Right. Learn different things. Absolutely. You never know when that's going to come in here. Oh, okay. I learned that. Oh, I can apply that here and do this. Oh, okay. There was this, this this great old Jamaican I used to work with at the shipyard, right? Mm-hmm. And and me and him, when we, we had to like be on the on the walls of the dry dock as it dropped, and we'd be hanging out there for two, three hours. Right, right, right. Doing valves and shit. And he's like, you know, Richard, life is a classroom. I'm like, yeah, I know that. And then he's like, you know, no one ever answers me like that about that. It's like, life's a classroom. People like, huh? Right, right. So we'd have these great philosophical discussions about stuff because he knew. Right. And, you know, and, and, and he had been a welder in his younger days, and he had been this, and he had been that, and he had been a bodybuilder. And you just go through the list, and it's like, yeah, dude, I'm the same type of person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm teaching my kids, go wherever your heart takes you. I don't want to limit you to just one thing. Whatever you want to do, but don't quit anything. I just had a talk with my oldest. She's in a nursing school. She's like, Dad, if I don't get in this program, I don't want to go back to school. No, you're going back to school, but we're gonna pick another um, major. Right. No, Dad, I want to be a nurse. Okay, you want to be a nurse, so. Let's get to it. Right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go full throttle. What do you need? A tutor? What do you need? This? What do you need? No, I don't need a tutor, but it's it's this, it's that. Okay? It's an answer for this and that. <laughs> but we're dads, so all we wanna do is solve shit. Yeah. Right away when when they start talking, you're solving shit. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes they they don't want that. No. They just want you to listen. But, yeah. But it's like, but I have, but solutions. <laughs> but you got a problem. Let's you, do something about you know, it. My daughter's pretty good with taking advice from me. She listens. I I, I like that about her. Because, you know, once a kid gets up there in age, she's 20. 
So once you, you know, when when you turn 20, you didn't really want to listen to your parents. She still calls me every day. Oh, that's nice. Just to check in. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> she tells me what's going on. How's school? How's this? How's that? Then, of course, the, she needs some money. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's still that my little girl. She's still right. I like that. So I'm going to give her advice as long as I can. As long as she make that phone call, <laughs> she's going to get advice every day. Well, my parents used to say, I don't listen to them. And then and at some point, I got tired of hearing that. And mm-hmm. I was like, listen, it's not that I, I hear every word that you're saying. I just don't know how to apply it yet. I hear you, but it doesn't make any doesn't sense yet. Yes. And I stored everything like I told them, and I hear their voice when I need to. And I understand it now, and I've understood it as I've grown older. I just didn't understand it full. I got the idea, but right, my right. younger brain was going to do whatever the fuck it wanted anyway. Of course. <laughs> but of I heard course. them. Of course. That, that, that's what all kids, we, we're hearing, but like you said, we don't know how to apply it just yet. And then when you get in that situation, hey, I heard that before, or... This is what they were talking about. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of... Well, that, I think that's what the generation now is missing, is all those people that we had in our lives right. that that were adults that, that wanted to pass on the knowledge. Right, right. Let, yo, dude, if this ever happens, watch out for this, this, and this. And you're like, all right, whatever the fuck you're talking about. And then you're in the situation, time stops. And you're like, wait a minute. Yep. They said some shit about this. I know what the fuck to do. Yep, exactly. I think now that was really good advice. <laughs> I've been here so many times. So many times. It still happens to this day. Yeah. And it's funny. Well, my my, my my thing is, what would Joe do? That's my dad's name. Okay. What would Joe do in this? Well, he would do this. What would Richard do? Oh, he'd do all the fucking opposite. <laughs> Maybe I should do a little more of what Joe would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it, Joe. Joe's got everywhere good, no problems, no issues. Right. Like I tell my younger brothers, I made all the mistakes. Forget what dad did. I made all the mistakes because I didn't listen to him 100%. So please listen to him and listen to me. Right. If you second guess it, call me. I'll talk you out of the bad decision. <laughs> 9 out of 10, I did it. Right. And I had to call home and... You get chewed out, but then it's like, all right, this is what you're going to do. What we're going to, like, to this day, my father's like, please don't drink and drive. Call me. I'll come get you. No matter what time. Right. I'll come get you. I didn't listen. Got into an accident. Not a bad accident. Right. I swear, the kid ran out in the street. I swear, I hit a parked car. Totaled my car. Didn't get hurt. Didn't hit nobody. My father's, he's crying. It's like, you could have been dead. I said, Dad, it wasn't my fault. Now, it happened in front, funny enough, it happened in front of my elementary school. Oh, shit. So I went there, brothers and sisters went there. The janitor has been a janitor there for 30, 40 years. He's telling my parents, no, no, it wasn't his fault. There was a kid, ran out, you know. Father doesn't want to hear it, don't care. The fact that he can smell liquor on my breath is what he's crying about. My mother's like, okay, you know, car's done, but you're alive. She's lifting my shirt up, checking my body. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm like, 
bad. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, you apparently weren't so drunk that you hit the kid. Right. You did fine. Yeah, he's like, I don't want you treating me drunk. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking 40 years old. <laughs> I'm okay. It wasn't the, the booze. It right. Was the kid. Yeah, I wasn't drinking that much. Right. Oh, I was, I was wasted. <laughs> but you know that split second. Yeah. And it sticks into me. So if I'm if I'm ever out drinking now, I will leave my car, call the Uber. That I, that's when I got to the accident. The next day, I downloaded the Uber app. Mm, good. I said I will not do this to, to see your parent hurt like that. Right. When you're perfectly fine, I don't want them standing over me like that crying. So. Well, I, like the other day, it's weird. Like, so I have like protocol with drinking. Okay. A certain amount of time I stop, and I, I'm 100% sober to drive because right. I stop enough hours ahead, and I got a quick metabolism, so nothing stays with me anyway. But like the other day, like I was, like Saturday, everybody getting in their cars, I could see how drunk they were, like they were zombie drunk, and they're pulling their bodies into their cars, and I felt, I, I've never really been drunk many times in my life, like it takes a lot, but I know that feeling now. Right, right. Of that liquid just. It, it, it like wow I am so fucking drunk mm-hmm. and I felt that and I'm sober and I'm driving I didn't even drink anything for days and I'm like fuck I feel like I need to be even more careful because of how uncareful these motherfuckers yeah, are being you're driving on a defense you're driving for someone else yeah this, they, they were scary. so drunk this weekend imagine this weekend yeah I know it's a holiday weekend uh huh <laughs> last weekend it was good weather this weekend is a holiday. Oh my god! I got my daughter this weekend, so I'm not working. Oh, okay. So, so that's I'll be safe for most of the days. Yes. You go out early with baby girl and do what you gotta do. <laughs> right. Leave, leave the drunks to the road at night. Yeah, I'll get back on the road Monday. Right, right. Hopefully they'll be sober by then. I don't think they'll be walking by then. <laughs> Again, I'll be out super early in the morning, and I'll be home before they get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to live like the opposite schedule. That's, that's a good schedule, though. I like my schedule. I'm, I'm work 6.30, home 1.32. Yeah. No problem. Because I work like 7 to 3 at the shipyard, I loved it. 20, 20 minute uh, in Red Hook. Oh, okay, oh, you're right there. I was I was living in Coney. That's where I grew up. And okay, you. So. Twenty minutes to Red Hook on my bike. Twenty minutes home. It was it was good for like ten years. Yeah. That's a nice little ride too on a bike. On the Belt Parkway every fucking yeah. morning. Yeah, that was per- Yeah, it was picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always said I, I want to work in Brooklyn. I haven't had the chance to work in Brooklyn. Close to home. I don't ride the bike. I don't have to drive or take public transportation. Right. I haven't had a chance yet. But I've been on some pretty good, awesome uh, projects. I was on Hudson Yards for six years. Nice. I'm doing Disney's new building now. That's going to be another three years. Good. Good. It's cool. You get sightseeing. It's like sightseeing in your own uh, city. You're building your own city. Yeah. I love that, that I, I drive past things. I was like, oh, I built that. I had that there. This is the part that I fucking did. Right. My kids hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we drive past the city. I'm like, mine, mine, mine. Yep, yep. Hey, man. But 
one day when you're gone, they're gonna be like, yeah, dad used to do that shit. Yeah. And they're gonna tell the grandkids and shit. Yeah, my little guy, uh, he loves it. Right. Yeah, he's, you know, he's into all the building stuff. Yeah. And the excavators and the back holes. He knows them all. <laughs> so he's cool. My daughters, oh my God, they, they don't care. All right, dad, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Well, I would like to again thank all my guests. I would like to remind everybody that here at No Longer Apart, everyone is welcome. Um, you've heard from many different people, and I still don't feel like it's diversified enough. But again, it's the random people that I meet. So the city dictates who's in the car. As I'm meeting people, even as I'm meeting people in my life, and, um, and on the street, uh, I'm trying to include more and more people. I'm still waiting. Um, I've made many offers for people to submit segments. Hopefully they're coming soon. And I'll continue to do so. Because I don't want just to be my voice. I feel like there's way too much of my voice all over this thing. But I guess that's what being a host is, right? So, thank you everyone. Chad Jackson, thank you very much. Again, Check him out on the No Longer Apart Facebook page. Alan Liddell, a Day in the Life of Alan Liddell, available on Spotify. James Rivera, his new book, To Live a Nightmare, available on Amazon. And this is Grim Driver. All of you be well. Take some chances. Talk to some people. Maybe you'll learn something. And uh, until next time, which might be seven days from now, um, something I just decided as I'm talking, as I'm speaking these words is uh, on the No Longer Apart Facebook page, um, we'll be dropping the episodes on Spotify on Thursday for you uh, ahead of time for everybody else. So check it out. Uh, join the, uh, the group so that you can get early access. I'll be dropping it later on this afternoon. And we're going to try not to hit this truck that's not following any laws. See, I'm recording this as I'm doing other things. Uh, with all my attention on the road, just talking to the windshield. So thank you all. Um, we're almost at 47 listeners. That's mind-blowing. Uh, I, I really didn't think um, that many people would ever listen. So thank you again to all my listeners. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to my friends, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm taking a little bit of this weekend off, um, so we'll get the people's reactions as they're coming back from vacation next week, or whatever. So, again, thank you very much, and see you all soon.